0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish podcast. Today, we are finishing the chapter The Storm of Kindred, uh, and I am joined today with Candace. Hi. So, uh, we find Tom. Tom is quite old now, and he's walking with a cane. Mm-hmm. Quite old for not very long, but you yeah. <laughs> know. So, uh, Tom tells Dana to change it to something else because uh, she's wearing a short dress and it's rained yeah. on and he, she's like everything i probably have is soaked and he goes it doesn't matter change and i'm like okay like tom <laughs> he's
1: offended by how cute she looks Truly. that's what it is let's be honest
0: i won't say though the other thing you have to think about too is like if you were dana wouldn't you like there would be a small conscious part of you that'd be picking your outfits based on if you got sent to the past again
1: and well I- it it all comes down to what's in your closet, though, because we mm-hmm. talked about that. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you realistically have in your closet that's gonna like help? And it's funny because when she describes her dress, and it's like a short smock like dress, mm-hmm. like a child would wear. Mm-hmm. I have a beach cover up that looks like that that I bought like in the Virgin Islands somewhere, mm-hmm. and um, it's not even unreasonably short; it's like knee length. But yeah. I imagine for that time, that's like horror of Babylon. You know, yeah. that's the ankles. Listen, a knee. Yeah, a really. knee is a lot. Ankle is already, you know, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But a knee? A whole leg? Disgusting. Come on, man. There's... We're in polite
0: company. <laughs> oh my god. We do find out, though, that it's been six years for the Waylands, but then again, only a matter of hours for her, so there's no consistency, because yeah. last time mm. it was five years and eight days for her. Right. Keeping her on her toes, I guess. So tom is just like picking fights right now and mm-hmm. she's like trying to explain like the time difference he's like why do you still have like marks on your face and she's like that's from you and he's like i haven't seen you in six years yeah. how dare you accuse me of such things yeah and she's like well don't know what to tell you it is what it is i found
1: it really interesting that she like he's like asking her like you know like why are you here or whatever how'd you find my son like what happened because i think he's starting to realize that mm-hmm. whenever something bad happens to rufus she arrives Mm -hmm. like i think tom is like that's the one time that i feel like he's actually kind of smart when he realizes like he makes that connection and she's like um like she's trying to explain like what happened to him and like why she's there Mm -hmm. and he gets mad at her for saying he's a drunk yeah literally it's
0: like we all know this i don't
1: (laughs) i don't understand what universe are you living in time wayland that's like the whole book is about how he's a jerk why are you surprised
0: i know it felt like very dementia vibes yeah you know i agree uh so dana tells tom uh that if he beats her again rufus is on her own she'll stop saving him and she's Mm -hmm. like yeah i'm totally bluffing but like maybe i'll buy it (laughs) and then tom is like absolutely pissed about this and he's like if rufus doesn't get better i'm gonna hurt you yeah like it very much implies that he's gonna kill her if rufus does not get better from this yep So, you know, Dana with no medical knowledge is just a writer has to go up and be like, why, what is this? Okay. She thinks maybe it's malaria, which she already knew more about malaria than I did because she's like, seriously. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, if it's malaria, it can spread and everybody else on the farm could get it. And I'm like, oh really?
1: So that I knew because that's how it, because mosquitoes carry malaria. That's the only thing I know is that mosquitoes will bite you and then they'll bite somebody else and you can you can uh the disease can track that way that's like the only thing i know about
0: malaria see i didn't even realize that like i knew mosquitoes carried malaria it Mm -hmm. never put it together to me that it would like one person has it that means everybody in the area gets it because the same mosquitoes go around biting everybody i never really thought about it yeah i mean like once you know though it like you're like oh that makes sense i don't know why i thought it was like a (laughs) b situation where like the bug gives it to you one time bug dies i don't know i don't (laughs) i didn't know how it worked but this is what i'm saying like we're so far off Mm -hmm.
1: from a time when people would know about that stuff Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i think the reason that she knows about malaria i feel like um I feel like there was more attention drawn to that in like the 60s and 70s and 80s in science like in the science field okay but i couldn't i couldn't swear to that
0: i know i'd be like oh no (laughs) you're dying like can i take my sister back in time with me she's starting to be a doctor maybe one of us will survive this because oh my god you know my sister caitlin's trying to be a doctor and i could just you know if i have medical problems i just like call her up and i'm like hey what's wrong with me what is malaria question mark (laughs) hey google bill gates (laughs) (laughs) also this brings me to another point in my go bag i would have put like a infectious disease 101 book of some sort or like
1: like a physician's desk reference or something yeah
0: i would have gone to my parents house used their printer used all their ink put like notes upon notes about like diseases prevalent in the 1600s and then you know i'd be like you better not take this book away from me otherwise you will all die seriously
1: it's a book of witchcraft
0: yeah there you go (laughs) and then it says administer two aspirin and i scratch it out three like
1: yeah i i was surprised by how like there's such a f- there's such a fine line that Dana has to kind of walk on. Mm-hmm. Like she's obviously not a doctor, but she's more of a doctor than their doctor. Yep. <laughs> and then like there's all this expectation mm-hmm. placed on her. Right. As though she can control whether somebody lives or dies. And like in this time period, you'd think that there'd be even less of a burden mm-hmm. for that. Because, again, women used to die in childbirth like all the time, like, yeah. literally all the time. Right. Women used to die. You know, people used to die for nothing. Like, you know, oh, my my horse went lame on the road. It was mm-hmm. cold outside. I froze to death mm-hmm. on the road. Like who dies of that anymore? Like once in a blue moon, if there is a crazy super storm mm-hmm. and someone gets snowed in. I think the last time I heard of somebody dying from that, there was like a crazy blizzard. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like two cars, not like a bunch of people could die that way. You yeah. Know what I mean, like so, you know, I think that it's crazy that they like put so much on her. Mm mm-hmm. And there's no way for her to like live up to that standard. But I kind of wonder if it's a metaphor for, for slavery. Like that's exactly it. Like you are too stupid to be on your own mm-hmm. and you're too careless to have money or rights. And you're too, you're too, uh, you know, you're too weak to support yourself, but you can support us mm-hmm. and you can, feed us, and you can cook for us and clean for us and you can be trusted with our children and to raise them. And mm-hmm. you can, you know what I'm saying? Like they could do all of this stuff for white people, but they couldn't do it for themselves. You know, and like living, living with that, like that, 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 that obvious incongruence right mm-hmm. in your life. Like, what does that do to a person? Yeah. Like Dana's been doing this for, you know, kind of five seconds. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In in real time. Like she's not been away super long. And even, even in, in the, in the world of, you know, going back in time, I think she's, she's cumulatively not even really been there for a full year yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Like how how does she process that?
0: The weird thing too is Tom views her basically as a witch. Yeah. So like that's not helpful either. No. Because <laughs> then there's no limit to what they might expect.
1: Yeah. You know, like it's it's so weird. Like it's so strange. Yeah.
0: So, you know, basically everybody's catching Dana up on their lives. Um, mm-hmm. We find out Alice is still getting raped by Rufus and has lost two babies, and the only one that survived so far uh, looks white. So mm-hmm. Alice is not too happy about that. They named yep. the kid Joe.
1: So that's not who we were waiting for. Not
0: yep. I forgot who we were waiting for. I'm gonna be completely real, and they're like, oh, "No, yeah, no Hagger," and I'm like, "Who's yeah. Hagger?" <laughs> yeah,
1: I was. Uh, I was surprised. <laughs> that she wasn't there yet. Um, But I I suppose I shouldn't have been because there's still more book. And obviously once that little girl is alive, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that she's going to do everything she can to be as ambivalent as possible about Rufus's life and death. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just think it's funny that I forgot the entire reason we're there because I was like so wrapped up in everything that she's going through. Sure, I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, we have a purpose right now. We have to make sure this baby gets born so that your family can continue. Right. Like that's the whole reason we're even saving Rufus. Yep. Ugh. Trash bag. (laughs) So Rufus gets better and then Tom starts having pain in his chest. And Dana's like, that sounds like a heart attack. There's nothing I can do about it. Literally. Yeah. Not as what does she say? We don't know how to solve that. No. We still don't really know how to solve that. Like,
1: you either catch it in time or you don't. And then there's, you know, there's systems and things like that that people can do to kind of, you know, and drugs they can Mm -hmm. give you and adrenaline shots and things like that to, like, you know, help modify Mm -hmm. what's happening to you and hopefully save your life. But, like, with absolutely nothing in the 1800s, she's, he never stood a chance. No. To me, that's enough. That to me in the 1800s, that was probably a natural cause of death.
0: Yeah. Even now, we kind of consider it a natural cause of death, you know? So mostly it's like yeah. it doesn't it's not really brought on by anything it's still yeah. just kind of one of those things that happens
1: i think that rufus is so like rufus comes and asks her like oh save him save him save him can you save him you know just like he did with her mm-hmm. right just like tom whalen did with with dana about rufus mm-hmm. and i i thought it was again like there's there's a certain willfulness to rufus and i think we've always kind of seen it right mm-hmm. when when margaret's trying to be sweet to him and trying to be nice to him right He can't even like get there for his mom. He screams at her when it's his dad. He's obviously kind of afraid of his dad. Mm -hmm. So he's respectful, but only to like a point. Like he doesn't mind disobeying Tom, Mm -hmm. right? So all this time I was like, you know, okay, well, he doesn't want to be like his dad. He doesn't want to be like his parents. Mm -hmm. But like he hears, it's not like he's not lucid when Tom threatens Dana. You know what I mean? He's there. He hears. He's talking to people. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's aware of the fact that, you know, Dana's like, "I don't know that I can save him. I'm going to do everything that I can." And he's like, "Oh, it's him or you." Mm-hmm. You know? So she has that whole conversation in front of Rufus and then he expects the exact same thing when his dad when his dad is dying. And it's like all of that un- all of that childlike understanding, right? Their friendship, mm-hmm. their relationship, his respect for Dana, like that has, that that is being so quickly eroded. Like so quickly eroded and like it reminds me of people's politics like right now we have a lot of people who are trying to downplay you know the importance of solving this issue with police brutality mm-hmm. right solving the issues of racism and systemic inequity in our country. Yeah. Right you have a lot of people who are who are actively interested in figuring out ways to make things better and more equal for everyone. Mm-hmm. But then you've got people that like used to listen to Bob Dylan and used to listen to Joan Baez and all these people that used to go to like marches and like, you know, protest songs and whatever. I love Buffalo Springfield. Right. But they're like, kids should be allowed to have guns in school. They need to defend themselves. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> how did you yeah. he get here? I feel like it's like that. Like, how did he get here? Like, I know. How did anyone? What what case is being made that you are going from? This is what I believe. I know this person is bad. I know he's a shithead. Mm -hmm. I know that people should be equal. I know that you really shouldn't be a slave, Dana, and you're not. And that shows me that, like, not Black people aren't inherently slaves. Like, Mm -hmm. I have all of these examples in front of me, right? He even sees her books, Mm -hmm. right? He's like, he has all this information at his fingertips, and he chooses to avoid them.
0: Yep i just there's honestly at this point like this isn't even a nature versus nurture thing for me no. with rufus anymore like mm-hmm. he actively chose to be this way oh yeah even though everyone he had plenty of
1: examples as to how not to be yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah and steps
1: it's... right into his father's shoes yeah and
0: he hated his dad so yeah i don't know
1: so why is he even sad when he dies i don't know. i think he just i think he just wanted to be a shit to dana Like, I really genuinely think he just wanted to be a shit. Because he dies, and he immediately has her send for for Nigel. And I'm like, what's Nigel going to do? Like, what are you going to inconvenience him with?
0: Yeah. So after Tom dies, Dana just, like, gets thrown out into the field.
1: Yep. With a new overseer. Yeah. Because, like, the last overseer, Tom hired him after a while. Mm -hmm. Like, originally when Dana got there to the plantation. Mm -hmm. um. And, like, I know before I, w- I was saying farm because it's small and I wanted to emphasize how small, but it's still a plantation. Yeah. Anywhere there's going to be, like, slaves, it's a plantation. So, mm-hmm. um, so like, he... Originally, it was, um, it was Mrs. Whalen's brother, mm-hmm. right, that was there as the overseer the last time Dana had arrived. And then this time, it's some new guy. And, like, the second she said it was some new guy, I was like, oh, girl, strap in. Yeah, right. Strap in. Because this person has something to prove. Because he's not, like, a member of the family. Like, the other guy had to, like, at least listen. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't left to, like, his own devices all the time. But this person, I mean, he could be anybody. This Evan Fowler person. Like, he could Mm -hmm. be anybody. And, like, she immediately notices that he's mean.
0: Yeah. He's just, like, wicked brutal. One, he's a micromanager. But two, he's a micromanager who punishes.
1: Well, I mean, that's literally what an overseer is. Yeah. Like, this is not a, this is a, this is a common job on plantations, um, as an yeah. overseer. So the overseer essentially was, was, um, and again, this is why they don't have one in the beginning, because Tom Whalen would mete out all of the punishment, right? Mm-hmm. The reason that they get an overseer is because Tom Whalen gets a little bit older and Rufus doesn't seem to want to get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And now we know that that's what it is with this Evan person, right? It's, yeah. Rufus is now the man of the house. He doesn't want to get his hands dirty, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't have the the gumption that his father had to like look somebody in the eye and do this right Mm -hmm. which means he knows that it's wrong or else he'd be able to take that in hand and do it himself if he really believed that it was just about you know oh showing punishment or whatever and it wasn't malicious he wouldn't have a problem doing it so it already shows you that he feels differently about it Mm -hmm. right um so like an overseer literally the only job was to stand around Mm -hmm. on a horse right ride up and down the fields and harass slaves that's it like most of the time people would be so afraid that they would just keep time. They would just work, right? Mm-hmm. They know they have to work. They don't want anybody bothering them. They know that if they work really hard, they can go get a hot meal at the end of the day. They can go see their children again and hopefully bed down for the night, right? Mm-hmm. And then have to do the whole thing over again tomorrow. But hopefully things will be all right, right? Yeah. Things will get better once I'm home. But like this person, like sometimes overseers, and you you see this a lot um, if, you, if you study, you know, slavery in American history, like, a lot of the people that were overseers, they were attracted to the job because part of the job is being cruel. Mm-hmm. Part of the job is being abusive. Part of the job is, is hurting people. You know what I mean? Um, and we see that. Like, it, it, you, you, we hear that the order comes down from Rufus for Evan to take her to the fields, mm-hmm. right? And she's like, okay, field work. I can do that. But it doesn't occur to her that he's going to, like, beat the living daylights out of her if she can't do the work. Mm -hmm. And the work is backbreaking. It's not like it's easy. Like, a lot of times when I think people talk about slavery, they're like, oh, they were just picking cotton. No big deal. Just plucking little buds off the vine. No. When you pick cotton, it's, like, really rough. Mm -hmm. The husk is really sharp. The edges of the plant, it's not like a a plant that is easy to work with, Mm -hmm. right? It's not, like, inherently soft at all um it's made soft through like the milling process and you know refinement and all that stuff like all the things that you do to treat cotton is like what makes it you know feel the way that we know it as like a soft material mm-hmm. but the actual plant itself is actually really hard and it it'll it hurts your fingertips swinging one of those sheaves right like she's out there with like the big sheave trying to like you know slice mm-hmm. you know dice with like one of her one of those like oversized scythes That takes so much strength, Mm -hmm. so much strength that she damn sure doesn't have in 1976 as a writer. Okay, I can testify, you know, as a writer, like, upper body strength is not the name of our game. I've got one (laughs) callus on my thumb, okay? I've got carpal tunnel. Yeah, that's that's
0: basically it,
1: right? (laughs) You know, so she's like, okay, well, now I have to swing this gigantic fucking thing. So she's going as fast as she can and she's looking around and, like, she's slower than the other people, but she's keeping up. And she's still getting hit Mm -hmm. because again, the whole idea is I'm going to put fear into your heart Mm -hmm. every second of every day as like a, as, as a, as a field slave, I'm just going to make you scared all the time until one day you either are, you know, you either like age out. Mm -hmm. Like they have a lot of, you know, older enslaved people in this book that they talk about, you know, that, that used to work Mm -hmm. and do different things or something bad happens to you out there right like it's just one of two options and the bad could be you give up and you're just like I can't and you wait for the overseer to turn his back and you run away mm-hmm. right and hope hope for the best mm-hmm. one of them is the overseer kills you because you're out there and he's he wants to set an example
0: mm-hmm.
1: to the other slaves right so how better to do that than punishing the hell out of somebody who made a mistake but i mean we're talking like you know 80 90 degree weather right no breeze out there all day from like 6 maybe maybe even 5 a.m mm-hmm. until like 7 o'clock at night 6 7 o'clock at night sometimes right like a full day of backbreaking work and then you also get beat even when you're doing your job like even yeah. when you're doing it right I also you know I- so the overseer was like a common that was a common role because mm-hmm. like he was hired so that the the rich people wouldn't have to be bloodied you know
0: I also have a hot take and I need your opinion before I proceed Sure, yeah cotton plant do you think it's pretty or do you think it's ugly?
1: Um, that's a hard one. That's a hard one for me because the cotton plant—I've always kind of recognized it mm-hmm. as a symbol of slavery. So yeah. it's hard for me to look at and be like, "So pretty." Okay, but I mean, inherently, mm-hmm. it is a—it's a plant that is lovely, right? Mm-hmm. It is plants are plants are largely beautiful. Yeah. Um. So very mixed feelings. See,
0: so I've also every time I've seen a cotton plant thought it was ugly because you know yeah. of the like inherent symbol of that plant yeah i saw someone's bookstagram feed like about a month ago that was like yeah. multiple times was using cotton plants as a prop in photography like something about that doesn't sit right with me i'm gonna be real yeah that's a little disappointing
1: but, I also, but again that that person is probably very ignorant Yeah, maybe they ignorant. didn't know but i'm just yeah, like they probably just don't know how do you not or know they know and you should stay away from them yeah but i am just like how do you not know
0: yeah and it's like their yeah. feed, feed would have been really beautiful had that not been a prominent feature like that stood out more to me than the book but it mostly because it just drew my eye like going what the hell is that yeah i feel you man i feel you because it,
1: it gives you pause mm-hmm.
0: i can't look at it without thinking of that yeah
1: Mm-hmm. okay
0: i wanted to make sure not just you. yeah i was like am i the bad guy here right no you are not okay
1: sometimes <laughs> no, i'm like not. maybe i'm reading too much into this right like i i would have also been like why wouldn't you just use like a pussy willow or something
0: yeah i remember <laughs> I mean, someone like picking out one of those fake cotton flower like plants mm-hmm. at a uh like i was in a Michaels or something and i was like mm-hmm. ah, yeah ah. yeah yeah, I
1: absolutely get
0: it. <laughs> Wait, you know, something about that. Similar emotion. Seems a little little mm-hmm. white to me, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not sure yeah. how I feel about that one. Totally feel you. The one thing, I too, I want to mention about this part was that another person was like, hey, make sure when you're working hard... He's trying to scare you to see how hard you can possibly work. Mm-hmm. Slow down a little. Even if yeah. you get beaten now. It'll be better
1: for you later. Yeah.
0: And Ooh. that was chilling for me. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. The amount of people. That- Especially knowing like the dichotomy of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the stereotype of a lot of black people that stems from this time mm-hmm. is that we are uh, easygoing, carefree and lazy. And that's why they that's why you have to have an overseer, Mm -hmm. because like the slaves are so lazy because they're black and Mm -hmm. black people are inherently lazy Mm -hmm. to these backwards ass people that you need to have somebody watch them or else they're not going to do what you want them to do. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, shouldn't that instead of telling you you need to hire a white person to do another job, shouldn't that instead make you go, okay, well. If they're running away from their job and it's not fun for them and they're not having a good time, maybe I'm doing something wrong. But that was not the thought because black people were basically like, you know, it's like whipping a cow or a horse or, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, beating a mule that like is lame and and needs to get back up and trying to inspire it to go and do its job. Like that's exactly how they saw Mm
0: -hmm.
1: black people at that time. So, you know, it's it's so visceral
0: Mm -hmm.
1: reading that because you're just like, like this lady is like, again, I think a lot of times like these white people kind of convince themselves at this time that like black people were also less intelligent, right? There's all kinds of like up until like the 1970s, there were white scientists trying to convince people that black people's brains were smaller and that, you know, we were less human and that we were part ape or part pig Mm -hmm. or part whatever, right? Like all kinds of really disgusting theorism, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Um, And, Like, when you consider what this lady is basically saying, like, she is present enough and intelligent enough to warn this person and caution her to chill the fuck out, because no matter what you do, this is going to be hell. Mm -hmm. So this is the way that you can make it the least hellish. Yeah. Like, she's that intelligent that she has come up with a plan Mm -hmm. to help both herself and other enslaved people to hopefully, like make things less awful for everybody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like these people inside the house genuinely believe that these black people that work for them are subhuman. Mm -hmm. Like there's like a whole other story in this book. There's like multiple stories in this book, right? There's the 1976 story between Dana and Kevin. Mm -hmm. Then you've got like the 1800 story with Rufus and his family. But then you also have the 1800 story with all the black people. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Nigel, like, And that's and that's what I love about this book is that it gives it gives these enslaved people a chance to be more than just characters in like, a white centric play, right? Like, Uncle Tom's Cabin, perfect example. Mm -hmm. That's a book that's about black people. Mm -hmm. But like, it's not really about black people. It's really about the white family that these black people worked for. And the stereotypes that white people saw them through like the stereotypical lens mm-hmm. that these white people saw them through right which is why there are so many stereotypes that fall out of that from you know the uncle tom to the jezebel to the mammy to um sam is a big one the sambo mm-hmm. uh, that one's terrible that's the sleep and eat all day you know i eat a lot of watermelon kind of thing oh, kind God. of stereotype right that's where that yeah. comes from that book was written by an abolitionist mm-hmm. Harriet Beecher So was a prominent abolitionist. She believed that slavery should be abolished. So that's what the good guys wrote. Uncle Tom's Cabin. I
0: can't wait to read that. And yeah. just like, I feel like every page at the end of it, I'm going to be texting you and be like, bruh.
1: It's hard because like it, it was a boon. And there are a lot of like black theorists and black um, historians mm-hmm. now that have to kind of reckon with it because for a long time it was considered by many in the black community to be racist but, like, now people have to kind of, like, at least admit that it helped change other white people's minds mm-hmm. at the time. But it's hard because it was so unprogressive. Like, yeah. it was just barely, it was just barely not racist. I, I don't, And by saying that, I mean, it's still racist. Just this woman wanted equality.
0: I literally don't know how I'm going to find someone to talk about that because I'm going to have to be so picky. You know what anymore? I mean?
1: It's going to be a very, 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 very fine line for you. I know.
0: That's because it's going to have to be like, you go so bad. it's going to have to be like someone who's done a lot of like black history work. Like I'm going to have to find a historian. Yeah. That's the only way this is going to happen.
1: And even if you do find a historian, it, they might not be impartial. I know that might be a historian. That's like, no, I fully condemn this book and I fucking hate it. You know what I mean? Which is also when, fun. When I had to read it. In, when I had to read it in school, my mom was like, use the cliff notes the first time in my life Mm -hmm. and the last time in my life that my mom was okay with me using cliff notes actually no that's not true it also
0: was for huck finn yeah it was huck finn i didn't know what that book um, was about and i bought it so i was like oh sometime because i was like it's a popular classic book i'll discuss it on the podcast sometime and i'm like sometimes i don't think about the fact that like the fact i don't read the uh, summaries of books really yeah. does uh, affect me a lot, and I was like, because <laughs> you mentioned it, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll read it, and we'll like, I'll f- have someone that wants to do like a hard hitting conversation about it. Yeah, but now I got to find someone that wants to have a hard hitting conversation about it because I don't want someone to be like, yeah. oh, this is let's just discuss through the summary because like that's a book that that's not okay for sure. Yeah, like I need someone that wants to have these like conversations about race and like knows a lot more than I do so I need someone like well educated on that because I there's no way you're gonna have me sit down with another podcast person that's just like casually (laughs) likes classics because that's not the book for that no it's gonna be on the shelf for a long time until I find like that perfect person that I'm like hey do you want to talk about racism for like four days because yeah and, and it's it's definitely a lot to unpack because you
1: have to go into all of the stereotypes that fell out of that. Mm-hmm. So if time goes by, you can't find anybody, I am obviously here for you. I will Thanks, do that. I will take that on with you um, and we will go through it. It'll be the first time I've actually read it, too, yeah. because I've only read those fucking cliff notes. Um, Big
0: preach to you.
1: Yeah. But like it's going to be it's going to be heavy, especially because, again, there's a lot to unpack. This lady thought she was doing us a favor writing that book. Mm-hmm. She thought she was being like woke. <laughs> gotta love that
0: white savior complex
1: yeah Dude. i mean granted like she did do she did do the work like we got emancipation fucking abraham lincoln was like thank you so much to fucking uh harriet beecher Stowe. Mm-hmm. you were instrumental in emancipation like your novel really touched my heart and led me to understand like <laughs> like this is what i'm saying like you're gonna read it and you're gonna be like i don't what <laughs> yeah i don't How? What? Why? Yeah, it basically was like this is really anti-Christian. We should be nicer to these people. Mm -hmm. They can't help how stupid they are. Like that's basically the book. I feel like like it's really hard. I'm getting to
0: a point where I need to when I go to Books a Million, I need to wear my podcast merch because I they have to think I'm racist at this point. (laughs) Like they have to because I picked out today. I got that and I got. uh what else did i get uh charlotte Charlotte by emily bront is that no jane Eyre? sorry jane Eyre Mm -hmm. by charlotte bront charlotte yeah Mm -hmm. i got those two books and i had this very pretty alternative woman person alternative person check me out and didn't say a single thing but they they have to think it right like you don't just buy that book when on a I worked a, when
1: I worked at a bookstore, mm-hmm. I tried not to judge people by their book purchases, yeah. especially when they bought the cheap book. Yeah. So like the books that are like the retellings or the like the new version where it's like a five it's like five dollars for a fancy hardcover book or whatever. I tried never to judge people
0: mm-hmm.
1: on that, if I could. Now if they had other markers mm-hmm. that made me go, hmm, then I would judge.
0: You know what? I'm getting the barely bookish <laughs> tote. And that's going to become, because I have one on my merch store. I'm just mm-hmm. going to get it because my shirt sometimes just isn't clean. And at this point I need to just keep it in my car. So that when I go yes. to bookstores, people are like, oh, she's here for a mission. You know, yes. instead of being yes. like, oh, she's here. Cause she's a racist and she likes classic literature, <laughs> you know, like. What did they think when I bought its You didn't, you didn't buy
1: fucking birth of a nation. So. Yikes
0: yeah better than nothing yeah oh, okay you know it's fine it's fine because whatever it's fine i'm doing great <laughs> agree yeah and of course they're like at that point where the, it's like the christmas season they're like would you like to give money to the poor <laughs> i'm like
1: <laughs> sorry no <laughs> i don't- Listen. The answer is yes. I do want to give money to the poor. Therefore, I will keep this money in my pocket. I
0: know. I'm like I build the, <laughs> I'm the poor. I can't. It's me. They're like she's like. <laughs> I'm, my goal today is to get someone to give this giant squirrel, you know, to a kid in need. And I'm like, oh, well. I'm a kid in need. I don't know what to tell you here. I'm sorry. Oh well. Yeah. Nope.
1: It won't be me today. Yeah. But thank you so much for your interest. I know. I'm like
0: okay. So. Dana is just trying to, I guess, be a field hand, which I don't... I honestly don't think anybody could survive those conditions. Like, the way that, like, this scene describes it, like, there's no training for it. There's no leeway. You either do it or you, like, do or die, basically. Yeah. And, like, we had kind of talked a little bit about last week how... Uh, one of the other women was talking, telling uh, Dana to slow down because mm-hmm. if he knows that she, he can, she can perform at this level.
1: Yeah, he'll hold then
0: to it. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like that's kind of what we're seeing again at the beginning of this section. So, uh, Dana's trying to cut the stocks, and no matter how fast she's going, uh, she just keeps getting hit throughout the day. Basically, just like keep her on the her toes, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I couldn't imagine. An eight-hour day of this, yeah, like that just doesn't seem real to me at all.
1: Well, I mean, I think what's interesting is that no matter what you do, you're going to get beat for being lazy, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Fowler even says to her, like, "You're not getting fat and lazy in the cookhouse anymore," you know, as though she did absolutely nothing, even mm-hmm. though like she was taking care of, of of the of the man of the house, like mm-hmm. she was making sure that you know that that Alice was safe. She was doing a ton, like we know that she's very busy in the house, but the what he's saying I feel like it's also designed to kind of drive a wedge in between the people who work in the house and the people Mm -hmm. who work in the field as well you see what I'm saying like and that's something that actually has kind of continued um into like pieces of black culture like that's like a seed of discord that was sown so long ago like you know darker skinned people were normally uh field slaves And Mm -hmm. lighter skinned people were normally considered house slaves, right? That they were presentable to your company and whatever. And usually those were your master's children, right? Like the Mm -hmm. the person who was in charge of the plantation would be the person usually who had fathered these lighter skinned children, right? Mm -hmm. So it was something, it was considered, you know, positive or, you know, you're fancy or higher class because you are, you know, in the house, you know, you're more presentable and more attractive than the ones that are in the field, right? Which is something that like colorism totally exists in the black community. You know, it's something that I think people have become far more aware of. But I remember my grandmother used to tell me, I mean, I'm a very, I'm a pretty fair person Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a a black lady. Um, I am on the fair side. And my grandmother, I remember, used to warn me not to play too long in the sun. When I was a kid, she was from Texas and she was very Mm -hmm. fair. She was like your your complexion. Mm -hmm. Um, So colorism is something that we see last a long time and those seeds of discord were sown all the way back at this time you know what i mean when you know even now like laziness is something that is associated as a negative stereotype with black people right laziness Mm -hmm. is like blacks and you know latinos people like saying that we're lazy which Mm -hmm. like that's obviously not the case this is a herculean task like no one could have really completed this job to anyone's satisfaction back then particularly without like being conditioned for it or knowing that that's what what's going to happen to you, you know what I'm saying? And it's an impossible feat to, mm-hmm. to to rise to this, right? But you're still being tested on metal that nobody has. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like this 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 unreachable goal basically. And I feel like, you know, that's kind of been the narrative of the black american for a long time. Like you have to jump twice as high to like ring the bell. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's almost impossible for you to succeed. But if you do, you get just as much as the next guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically what's happening to Dana. Like, she is somebody who has been treated with respect and care for so long. And it's horrific to her because what she's experienced isn't love and affection and and respect and care. It's duress. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. even her life isn't, you know, some, like, paradise. You know what I mean? And then it just gets worse when she goes to the field. So like mm-hmm. even the impression that like you know her life is somehow luxurious compared to these other people it's technically true but everybody is suffering you know what i mean under yeah. this under the thumb of this of this this system of oppression so i found it very um very hard to read this section like it was very intense yeah. like especially knowing that dana isn't somebody who can even wrap her head around this like if you're a slave and you see other people getting beat regularly Mm -hmm. i imagine you eventually think it's gonna come for me but this is somebody who's had you know limited exposure to such things and now Mm -hmm. it's happening to her and it's just terrifying like my mind is like right there with her mind you know
0: I know, and it's, like, the only thing I could think to even remotely compare it to, like, in modern day is, like, if someone just, like, dropped you in the middle of a 10K and said, you have to run six-minute miles. And, like, well, that's, like, so low stakes. It's, like, that's the only thing I could possibly... You know, I I feel like when I read things, I have to find a way to, like, relate it in my mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I do that, but I just kind of do, and it makes things make sense to me. And it was, like, that was the only thing I could, like possibly think like what that would be like and obviously that's just not the same but it's like that's such a that's such a high stakes scenario that there's nothing i could even think to really compare it to to get like the same level of like hardship i guess is what i'm trying to go for maybe yeah
1: i mean it's hardship and impossibility Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you're gonna get beat no matter what you do
0: yeah. I just can't so, imagine like, you it. just
1: do the worst that you can do so that you can take this like horrible beating now and mm-hmm. hopefully have a less terrible one in the future. Like yeah. having to decide, you know, how, how, how you're going to spend today because it's going to directly affect tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not something I feel like anybody really thinks about anymore. Like, especially with technology and the internet, like mm-hmm. people go online and they, you know, crap all over somebody on Twitter and don't think about it the next day. They just go about their business. That person's still in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, they're just like yeah anyway so like i feel like there's a sense of impermanence that we have because of technology now Mm -hmm. but that's all this was was permanence like what you do today will directly affect how tomorrow is going for you in more ways than one like that's terrifying
0: and like the adrenaline that had to be coursing through would be yeah like this would be her best day she could ever possibly do yeah tomorrow she's obviously going to be sore Yep, you know, and like would drastically do worse and decline, but like yep. she physically can't cuz then it'll just get worse for her. Well, that's why I think that they people used
1: to hire overseers, right? Instead yeah. of like the the person who has to like deal with these, you know, these 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 enslaved people day after day, it's somebody mm-hmm. who does that for the 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 person that owns the plantation, right? Like mm-hmm. they don't have to get their hands dirty, they don't, have to, they don't have to bloody themselves because, you know, the only way you can keep people down like that and oppressed like that especially Mm -hmm. people again like the reason that black people are being used as slaves you know at this time period is because they're considered to be strong and Mm -hmm. and more capable and more able-bodied or whatever right Mm -hmm. which like if that's how you feel and that's what you believe then obviously you're afraid what happens if they rise up against me right like I'm not going to be able to deal with that so that's why you hire an overseer so that's somebody that's even bigger and badder than them that'll terrorize them and traumatize them every day and keep them in line and like yeah. it's insane that like there was a job that was like to- like head torturer in charge basically mm-hmm. like that's essentially what this person's role is is to just traumatize people into staying and not running away and you know working hard for nothing you
0: Some- know sometimes it's- i think if there is a hell this is what it has to look like oh yeah big time you know what big i mean time.
1: yeah yeah And I, and I feel like, you know, I, I kind of wonder too, like at this time, like people like religion obviously has been an institution for a long time, Mm -hmm. but like these people are teaching Christianity while keeping their fellow man enslaved. Like what, what awaited them, you know, like, yeah, is this their hell? Is it just the reverse, you know, is
0: that where they wind up? I've said it once and I'll say it again. When I have, when I inevitably die, I want an afterlife podcast. And if I can do that in the afterlife. I will be interviewing a round of people and be like, so you were in the Antebellum South. Yeah. Uh, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> so if, subscribe to the Patreon now. I will carry over the patrons in the afterlife. <laughs> uh, if I can make that happen, it will. Whether I go on the good place or the bad place, you will get the Barely Bookish podcast if I can inevitably make it work. Like so, subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Listen, whoever's in charge of the afterlife, you've got at least twenty years, hopefully, to figure out how I can make this. You're happen. aiming
1: really low. I
0: yeah, I said at least. Okay, I'm hopeful that like World War III hasn't started or something. Stupid. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you have a point there. Listen, <laughs> we're
1: I, realists on this barely I, podcast. Yeah,
0: truly. I <laughs> I hope I live until I'm like ninety but also there's at least a 20 year time period in which you can figure out how to get me the afterlife podcast i want that seat okay true because i am a workaholic and i will work not until i'm dead but even when i'm dead even thereafter yeah I feel that yep especially if you're being creative mm-hmm. mm. and that's gonna be a fun little thing for all of us so look forward <laughs> to that if i can make it happen when i'm dead i I, the long island medium (laughs) on my podcast like uh yeah i didn't think there would be afterlife podcasts i'm so happy we're here (laughs) i've got an exclusive it's rachel ames in the barely bookish podcast someone's gonna ouija board this in like 80 years and i'd be like so i i found this ancient relic called the barely bookish podcast uh she said that she'd do an afterlife podcast. Can someone summon the ghost to find out if this is a new phenomenon? <laughs> and someone's it's gonna like. Some teenager's gonna bust out their Ouija board and they'd be like, I'm reporting live with Rachel. <laughs> and oh my god, so <laughs> this bad. is all I want. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. <sighs> People are gonna be so concerned for my mental health after this. It's fine. listen, you're just
1: trying to be prepared.
0: Yeah. <coughs> Oh, my God. Anyways. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I need a therapist. Moon. <laughs> I, I see you. I don't know, you're going to just pretend to groom yourself. Mm-hmm. She was totally hunting my foot. And she's like.
1: Yes, but now you've caught her. So yep. she can't make eye contact.
0: She's like, never mind. La, la, yep. La, la, la. yep, it's ignore me. I see. She, she did it again, and then she's like, "Oh, just kidding." <laughs> 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 I looked at her desk. I see her
1: eyes. Does she have her little? Uh, you know when your cat gets its little like front cheeks? Mm-hmm. and they like they get real like round right here
0: yeah her face is getting longer now that she's here i'll show you because now you can see here now that she's growing a little bit her face is longer look look into the camera hey look, look. you
1: are so cute but now look her face at is you long. you are so cute yeah. yeah you see the little roundies on either side of her mouth yeah like her little like where her little whisk- her whiskers are yeah so i've noticed that when those get really round and puffed out Mm-hmm. that means that they're feeling either really frisky or annoyed because every time my cat bites me he's got those little puffs out and i've i've come to notice this now so that's i'm passing funny. that information on to you
0: thank you i appreciate yeah. that apparently i loosened this a little bit and now this side doesn't work but whatever i need new headphones so bad same my left ear does not work either so really that's weird mm-hmm. why is it both our left ears i don't know okay
1: sorry i think i got us off topic no
0: you're fine <laughs> i think i got us off topic because moon just was like hunting me and now she's just like sitting here on my desk like sitting like at the corner staring at me and i'm like hey hey dude that's kind of loud i'm gonna be real with the chief hey everyone can hear you hunting and it's rude okay go play with your rabbi it's over there look look hey, she's not like hope where i can fake throw things no cats don't <sighs> do pointing i know like mm-hmm. and i drop shit on the ground and i'm like you cat eat and then yeah, like god. i point at it and she's no. just she's following the <laughs> finger and i'm like yep down." Like,
1: yeah my cats are the same way oh my god yeah uh. like there was once a lizard like right next to momo's paw and i was like it's right there and she was just like i'm looking at your hand i'm like this lizard's gonna crawl on you he's just gonna crawl right on your stupid face yep. while you're just standing here are you gonna get him <laughs> and then finally i think it's tail like touched her foot and she was like that oh shit the <laughs> lizard why did not you tell me there was a lizard here i'm like
0: <laughs> i did yeah i, did I didn't you. realize that like, that's what cats were doing and i was like, like i have a dumb cat she is dumb no, no cats cat their own way and we yeah. can't change the way that they cat truly mm-hmm Anyways, I love that I'm going to have so many bloopers for us. It's going to be so great because I do bloopers on Patreon, too. So this will be there. Anyways, so uh, all this is going on. She ends up passing out in the cornfield because, like, how wouldn't she?
1: Yeah, he just, like, beats her until she passes out.
0: Yeah, like. I, I. yeah i feel like most people would mm-hmm. again for like the entire uh argument that like at least they were cared for and looked after like mm-hmm. she was left in a field she was not cared for nor was she looked after like no. i that argument was just people trying to like push this entire thing under the rug absolutely you know And i mean people still say things like that but i'm like
1: okay well when you've got a bunch of outdoor cats mm-hmm. and uh or like geese or something and you like throw bread at them hmm Um, Are you caring for them and and making sure that they're safe and well-fed and they're getting all the nutrients they need and they're flourishing and they have freedom and they can go wherever they want and they can just roam and you don't get mad if they leave you? Like, you see what I'm saying? yeah That's not the same. I mean, if a girl gets kidnapped in, like, Iowa by a psychopath and kept Mm -hmm. in a basement for six months, right, even if they don't touch her inappropriately, it's still a harrowing and nightmarish experience and that's basically what slavery was but Mm -hmm. at like a macro level yeah you know what i'm saying like whole swaths of people kidnapped and just like transported to a completely unfamiliar place and then beaten into submission until they gave up what they wanted you know um and i think that like that's not something we should be trying to forget it's something that we should be examining Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and recognizing and seeing how we got here Like, why did it take so long to end? You know, be honest about it, Mm -hmm. because, you know, as much as people are like, you know, like a lot of people are like, oh, well, those are my ancestors. I shouldn't have to answer for what my ancestors did. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not fair. And like, I feel you. I totally understand that. But at the same time, right, if you can go, those are my ancestors. I shouldn't have to be affected. Then explain to me why I am affected by -hmm. your ancestors actions right now. You see what I'm saying? So, like, I get people who are like, oh, it's just a lot of doom and gloom. I don't want to talk about it, whatever. It brings down mm-hmm. the mood. For sure, it totally does. But, like, there are people who live in that mood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's their existence. So, you know, talking about it, in my opinion, like, helps right that wrong. Like, my partner, for example, right? He's been passed up for a job.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, he
1: was probably the best person for the job. And, like, I don't agree with that. If you have, you know, two candidates that are equally – like good at that job a lot of people will go with the white candidate because oh that that white guy reminds me of myself when i was just a young strapping guy and ad sales or whatever the hell mm-hmm. you know thing you're doing um that's part of the issue right is that people like they won't see like the young woman sitting there and be like maybe she can be like a young me because they just think kind of one track mind i'm a white guy he's a white guy mm-hmm. i'm gonna relate with him better right so when you have situations like that i feel like it just kind of furthers that issue mm-hmm. um and i think talking about things like that like kind of helps balance those scales like even for dana like there's a lot that she's experiencing that she doesn't know because she has a limited amount of books to read you know what i mean like there are things she's surprised by like you would think that she would have expected already to go to the fields and what that would be like you know what i mean but that's not something that she's that's not in her wheelhouse like she doesn't even that that doesn't even cross her mind that that could happen you see what i mean like that's how random and unpleasant it is and I don't know it's it's crazy like I think when people say things like that like oh you know they were cared for they were well taken care of whatever at least they didn't starve it's like yeah but that's what you do when you kidnap somebody you got to keep them alive you don't want to kill them Mm -hmm. because then you can't get what you want from them you know that's nefarious yeah yeah
0: I will say this book has opened my eyes so much more too like I'm so much more like sensitive about a lot of things like I, it uh, we like live right like my work is right by MLK Street and I was mm-hmm. thinking like while I was like why there I was like why is it that every MLK drive is a little sketchy yeah. I'm like is it because they purposely put it in, in cities and not a great area and then they budget it down so that it only attracts people who can like barely yeah. afford to live there yeah it probably is that's absolutely what it is and, like, then, and
1: then they and then they like deepen that, mm-hmm. that kind of you know affront, right they Mm -hmm. deepen that disrespect by then like neglecting that part of town so Mm -hmm. it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and now you've got like this really awful street in the middle of town that's tied to one of the greatest civil rights activists you know in the in -hmm. in in known known history you know what I mean so it's like again like then you then it, it it helps people kind of conveniently put an entire race of people in a box, right? Mm-hmm. And say, oh, well, they're they're less fortunate or, oh, they're poor or, oh, they're this, oh, they're that, right? Like it kind of allows you to compartmentalize, which is largely what's happening in this book. Like mm-hmm. Dana is impossible to categorize. And that's something that people have a very hard time with. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: both the slaves, the enslaved people, as well as the people who are in charge, like all of them have a very hard time with her for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere she really fits um, per se. And I think that like, that kind of separation um, is what keeps the, that that rhetoric around. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because people like people don't know if when they it, like like I for example, someone's called me lazy, and it was definitely in a racist way. Mm. <laughs> I was sick, mm-hmm. um, and I I was I was called lazy, right? And I'm somebody who you know I work until the job is done. Like I am certainly not lazy. Like mm-hmm. I do as much as I need to do. So where does that come from? How is that the first place that you go to when referring to me? I could see if you said that, you know, maybe I dropped the ball, right? Mm -hmm. But lazy, like that comes from somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is where it comes from. (laughs) Yeah. It's that old and that like long lasting. So like there are things that, you know, we do have to face you know it's not about you know dredging up the past or whatever it's that the past is absolutely still here Mm -hmm. it's just that some people don't realize it like how people are just now recognizing that romani is the right word not gypsy and that's like a racial slur and it's gross to say to people right like i feel like it shouldn't have taken that long to like listen to an entire group of people when they say hey please don't call us that it's really shitty you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. but it did yeah you see what i mean so like i think that you know making progress is all about a willingness to do so and i think like unwillingness to like look at these kind of hideous parts of the past only has you repeat those mistakes in the future
0: yeah for sure i so much just so many thoughts and so many feelings (laughs) but it's just like I'm just I feel like reading this and being able to talk about it with you has already made me a better person. And it's Aww. like I thought I was like on a good track. and then like there was things I didn't notice before that like reading this and I'm like just talking with you and everything. I've just been a lot more critical and I'm like, ooh, I like this for me. I like this journey that I'm on. <laughs> I am very, very
1: happy to have introduced you to this book. Thank and you. And obviously happy that we are friends. I
0: know. I'm like, now
1: I want to read more of her books, though, which is going to be yeah, like she's chaotic. chaotic. She's really good. I would say that this is this is the one that is the most uh, forward mm-hmm. with its perspectives on like race, right? Oh, yeah. its criticism and, and analysis of race and history. Um, Her other ones tend to be a little bit more sci-fi, like the one that I read most recently was Fledgling, that was actually her last book, Mm -hmm. and it's about um, a vampire, a black Mm -hmm. vampire. And that definitely deals with the topic of race, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of inextricably linked to all of her work, because that's the type of author she is. She Mm -hmm. is somebody who examines, you know, regular life through the lens of the sci-fi fantasy world. Yeah. Um, I think she's created a really rich tradition of doing that, too. Like, I love seeing, you know, all the people that are doing that out, you know, now even more than they used to Mm -hmm. um, in the sci-fi field and fantasy field. But I think that, you know, this one is just kind of like leading with that as a as a as a plot point, whereas like something like fledgling, that's something that becomes a plot point after you've kind of become acquainted with the story itself. You know, it's kind of like an undertone, I guess.
0: I really want to read that now because i feel like vampires are always too white
1: like yeah this one it's very interesting
0: it's a very interesting
1: read it might be a little controversial i don't want to like go into it too much because i don't want to like ruin anything Mm -hmm. but like get through the first third of the book okay and then keep going like something there's something that happens that i'm just like "Mm, questionable Mm -hmm. um but like it's not it's it makes sense the thing that's like controversial about fledgling is a theme that Anne Rice has, has, has explored potentially more explicitly. Okay. In her books. Um, so I don't think anyone can really like it mad at this lady for for this piece of the puzzle. Um, and that's all I'll say. I don't wanna again, I don't okay. wanna like mess it up. But it's a good read. Isn't it's interesting.
0: It Anne Rice, the woman that sued fanfic writers, is that her? No, that was JK Rowling. Was it JK Rowling? I oh, yeah. someone she did brought, it before her. She brought a
1: ton of people down. I don't know about Anne Rice. Maybe. I could be wrong. Um, but she she really celebrated like people's like love and acceptance mm-hmm. of Lestat. So I feel like it might not be her. But don't don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. She just recently passed away. Oh. She did an interview with the vampire.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I recognize her name. hmm
1: She also wrote the screenplay for the movie, too.
0: I need to Google really quick who it's going to bother me and I'll keep thinking about it. If I don't Google who sued, who sued? Cause I'm thinking, I don't think it was JK Rowling. Fanfic writers. Hold on. Well, Rowling definitely had a
1: sweep actually. Uh, I remember she, uh, cause I knew somebody who had like an online friend this happened to. She had a a fan site, like a Harry Potter fan site, like a, an Alta Vista fucking like, (laughs) 2001 fan site or whatever and uh, jk rowling's people sent her a cease and desist she was i think 16 and she had a bunch of followers and stuff and she would just publish like tons of content and like fanfic and stuff and like talk about harry potter theories and whatever because the books weren't Mm -hmm. even like completely all weren't all out yet Mm -hmm. and rowling sent her a cease and desist and another girl got sued by her so I know that she did do a few of those, but that might not be the person that you're thinking of. I'm sure somebody else has done it. Cause... I Googled
0: it. It was Anne Rice I was thinking of. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. That's because apparently I was listening to this thing and someone was talking about how there was like this, uh, they were trying to find fan fiction because they really, I I think it was Interview with a Vampire they are mm-hmm. trying to find fan fiction for. And in the early 2000s, she went through and like sued a bunch of people and everyone yep. took their fan fiction down. So there's no yeah. fan fiction for
1: her books. Well, unfortunately now she's gone and fortunately for them they can probably put it back up
0: I, yeah and i think that's why it was like sticking in my mind is because there was a bunch of fan fiction coming out about it mm-hmm. because everyone had it from like the 90s to like it's a 2000s. shame because
1: like her writing i feel like is like only a couple of steps better than fucking fanfic <laughs> anyway you know she yeah. should have just been cool with it and like taken that compliment right. from people you know what i mean um i feel like you know Her novels were extremely influential, Mm -hmm. and I think anything influential is gonna, you know, have people that either copy it or try to incorporate it into their own art. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. that's just the nature of being successful. You know what I mean? It's not like no DJ samples Beyonce. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) come on, man. Interestingly
0: enough, Margaret Mitchell's name also came up when I googled authors who fanfic uh, sued fan like who was writing fan fiction about gone with the wind that she felt the need to sue. Like that's so tough. I wonder if it's, I wonder if people wrote like
1: woke fan fiction that she didn't like. Probably. Or, or extra racist fan fiction that she didn't like and didn't want to be mm, yeah. privy to, you know, please don't lump me in with these crazies. Yeah. I only wrote a mildly racist book. Okay. I didn't mildly. write. a fucking... <laughs> That book was so bad. I'm still ashamed. I know, but I'm telling you like people back then, they were relatively racist. It wasn't just like outwardly Mm -hmm. racist.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on everything. And if you want to get some exclusive access to um, exclusive episodes, please consider checking out the Patreon. It is all donation-based, so now you can get access to the Patreon for as low as $1 a month. Um, And then everybody gets the same stuff. So it's just how much ever you want to donate. And you get early access to episodes. Episodes will come out on Monday morning instead of wednesday and then you get the exclusive episode every month and we're gonna try and make a bunch more things so please consider joining oh you also get discord which is cool and yeah please consider joining and you can get a lot of great features and you help support the podcast but i don't have a ton of announcements if you want to find me i'm at very bookish everywhere and i am on twitch as well i do a lot of writing sprints so that'll be fun especially with you know uh, Camp Nano NaNoWriMo coming up in April. Uh, well, let's get all our books done. But thank you all so much for listening. Next week we will be continuing this chapter of Kindred with Candace again. Our logo was designed by My Little Sibling Sarah. Our theme song was created by Raphael Crooks. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye!